1: plus Talk recorded live good morning welcome to eldest targeted individual community call it's sunday january 17 2016 so i happen to be you know um, going through some articles of websites that i read <coughs> non generally non you know mainstream uh but they provide you with information and i came across this one it's a uh, A Sex Scandal Following Whole Foods Guru. And I know a lot of people think that I always go after the Christian movement or the the born-again evangelical uh, Pentecostal, you know, the Joel's Army, uh, which is, quote-unquote, this type of born-again Christian uh, fundamentalism. But I've also talked about the spiritual side, like uh in the early two thousands they had this thing called, you know, the laws of attraction, the secret. You know, you put your energy out there and it's all this energy healing and 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 how people were on the more non-Christian side or the spiritual side were like flocking and giving money and everything. And then I, I read articles about in Sedona, Arizona, Arizona, where one of the leaders or one of the founders of the, the laws of attraction, he had these people in a sweat lodge and several people died because it was a makeshift, but they paid like uh, they were um, like these energy warriors, you know, they were learning how to get to the next level of consciousness through energy and how they died, and so then he was, he was charged with, um, I don't know, it wasn't like murder, but it was, what do you call that, manslaughter. And it's all these people, you know, I mean, they paid like 9000 or $10,000 to go to Sedona, Arizona, to go into a sweat lodge so they could get to the next level of consciousness, you know, that type of stuff. And it's all about people and following, and be careful who you follow. So here's the latest, because I rail on anyone who allows themselves to be manipulated to the point where they follow a leader, and that leader is not necessarily,
0: how do you put it, ethical, moral. So it's, it's, you know, for the Christian people, it's called the wolves in sheep's clothing.
1: Be careful who your handler is, because they might be leading you astray. And I'm not saying that you can't be, you know, religious, or you can't be spiritual.
0: But be careful who that guru is that you think you're following. Or who that pastor or priest is that you're following. Do not allow them to dictate what you think. They're like handlers. So within, the, within your perpetrator community
1: in any given community where you are a targeted victim and your community goes after you, they're going to go to whoever the leaders are within any given community and attempt to manipulate that
0: person to get their member base to target you. And because that person is a trusted
1: person of, you know, in a position of power, authority, and or expertise, you believe that what they're telling you is okay, because they said it was okay.
0: Then you're giving up your power. So I have this thing about people who follow blindly, whether it's, a, whether
1: it's the religious side or the spiritual side. Because I, I talk shit about the laws of attraction and all that energy healing. Because right on the heels of that, Serbia and Croatia had the ethnic cleansing. And one of the men that was arrested was a psychiatrist who led people, manipulated people, based upon his expertise in the world of psychiatry, by the name of it, Radovan Karadich, who's sitting over in The Hague, being charged with ethnic cleansing, crimes against humanity. So when he, before he was captured, he fled. He grew his hair long, grew a, uh, grew a long mustache and beard, and he looked like a guru. And he reinvented himself as an energy or spiritual energy healer when the whole concept of the New Age was coming about in the late 90s and early 2000s. That's my perception. And he had a huge following, not as the, the, the colonel or the, the military leader that manipul-
0: knew how to manipulate people based on his uh, background in education and psychiatry, to manipulate people that it was okay to slaughter and ethnic
1: cleanse the Muslims out of Serbia and Croatia and all those other areas. And when they finally captured him, he had rebranded himself to be an energy healing guru.
0: No one the wiser. And then this Laws of Attraction comes around. In the early 2000s, you know the book, The Secret, The Secret. Same shit. They were trying to
1: use neurotechnologies to zap your brain into a higher level of consciousness. So don't get me wrong. Everyone thinks that, oh, you're going after them Christians. No, I don't go after Christians. I go after people whose weak minds allow them to be manipulated by leaders who really don't have their best interest at heart
0: they have self interest not best interest of the whole even though what they preach
1: is about the these type of you know integrating integration sort of like the multicultural group of people that think that they're unique.
0: Yet what they do to a target are committing crimes against humanity. Hate crimes. Torture. Terrorism. But all you have to do is get a good leader and
1: rebrand everything, and then they can't even see that they've become vigilantes and domestic terrorists. Because it's all spun up in some religious and or spiritual way. And trust me, there's a lot of lost people out
0: there. And they gravitate towards this. Yes, targets can do things
1: that most people say, well, how come she doesn't remember that happened? Or how come? Because there's are zapping your brain. They're, that's coercive force. means that it's being done to you without your consent. These people who gravitate towards these handlers, they have a choice. They can say yes or no or don't want to be a part of it. Targets don't have
0: that choice. It is being jammed into our psyches and our consciousness. They call it trauma-based.
1: But that's all coercive, which means that it's being done it is being forced
0: upon. Your perpetrator community will never, ever have an excuse because they do so on their own. They are given a choice. <clears throat> okay, guess two. Thanks for
1: coming in. Um, I'm just saying... Uh, so now I'm gonna go into this other this whole thing that just came out recently. <clears throat> and I was shocked when I saw the New York Times article. Well, I was reading it from alternate.org and then I clicked onto the original article and it happened to name the peninsula that I'm currently living on. What a shock for me. Gee, I wonder why
0: there's such a large perpetrator community out there. All devout to their handler. So it's this thing called integral thinking.
1: So integral thinking, and it originated by some gentleman by the name of Ken Wilber. It says integral theory. I'm sorry, it's integral theory it is Ken Wilber, a Wilber's attempt to place a wide diversity of theories and thinkers into one single framework. It is portrayed as a theory of everything, trying to draw together an already existing number of separate paradigms into an interrelated network of approaches that are mutually enriching. Wilbur's integral thinking has been applied by some in a limited range of domains. The Integral Institute currently publishes the peer-reviewed Journal of Integral Theory and Practices at SUNY Press has published nine books in the SUNY series in integral theory. Nevertheless, Wilbur's ideas have mainly attracted attention in specific subcultures and have been widely ignored in academia. So it says Ken Wilbur's integral theory started as early as the 1970s with the published of the spectrum of consciousness that attempted to synthesize Eastern religious traditions with Western cultural stage theory, models of psychology development that describe human development as following a set course of stages of development. Wilbur's ideas have grown more and more inclusive over the years, incorporating ontology, epistemology, and methodology, Wilbur's drawing on both, what is this, Aurobindo's, A U R O B I N D O's, and Gerbser's theories, as well as on the writings of many other authors, created a theory which is called A Q A L, or All Quadrants, All Levels. According to Wilbur's model, which relies strongly on analog- analogous Thinking, human development follows a set course from pre personal infant development to personal adult development and cumul- accumulates in transpersonal spiritual development. In Weibler's model, development starts with the separation of individual consciousness from a transcendent reality. The whole course of human development aims at restoring the primordial unity of human and transcend- transcend- transcendental consciousness. The pre-personal and personal stages are described by Western structures, structural stage theories into which dis- dissimilar other theories are synthesized. The transpersonal stages are described by Wilbur's personal interpretations of a variety of Eastern religious traditions presuming that they have an ex- experiment uh, experiential basis, which points to a common transcendental truth. The backbone of the model is the idea that psychology development can be described as a series of stages, each stage being a specific set of mental structures which determine how one reasons and gives meaning to the world. So anyway, that's part of what it is. So when you look at the chart, and I put a link in my chat, and then they have color for each stages. Well, it looks like the, the you know, Eastern or the Indian, you know, uh, philosophy of like yogis um, of the chakras. They call them the chakras. So it goes to each stage. You know, and once you get to the top, the pineal, pineal gland, then you're supposed to reach, you know, your brain explodes, and then you reach the higher level of consciousness. It's yoga and meditation. The shock, you know, the chakras and all that other stuff. So they try to incorporate that with what's something that you could, you know, more or less understand in Western world. The laws of attraction have to do with sending the energy out there, you know. So if you send good energy you ask once and you put the energy out there and the energy comes back, or you synergize. Okay. So all this is really is just rebranded, this integral thinking. Because in the early 2000s, when I was down in L.A., this whole thing was also called synergy. They used to call it synergy. In the corporate world, it was synergy. So let me give you a definition. So what I'm saying is that all you do is rebrand stuff.
0: But it's pretty much the same. So I'll give you a short defin- definition of the synergy.
1: Synergy is the creation of a whole that is greater than the simple sum of its parts. The term synergy comes from the Greek word, I can't say it because it's all in Greek, um, meaning working together. Okay? The word synergy or synergetic have been used in the field of physiology since at least the middle of the 19th century. So basically, what it is is you you put all the ideas together. So in the corporate world, you know, you're working with, say, you're working with production, and then you're working with actors, and then you're working with so-and-so. When I was working in the entertainment industry, and you're working with other corporations. So you want to take the ideas and you synergize, and you bring it all together as a whole so that you can work more cohesively. So this so-called New Age stuff that's coming out in the, you know, later on from the laws of attraction that sort of lost its appeal when all those people died in Sedona, Arizona in the, the, the sweat lodge, the makeshift sweat lodge, well, that didn't do too well for those, the secret people. So you got these other people that come out of the woodwork. So they don't call it synergy,
0: they just rebrand it and call it integral thinking for the corporate world. So I'm going to read an article about this latest guru and a sex scandal. Be careful who you follow. And yes, it does work on this whole concept of individual working on oneself to a higher level. So that's not too bad. But it's also, who are you
1: following? So you can take it and try to live it. But when you become enmeshed in the whole, whole, you know, dynamics of like uh, mega churches and all that other stuff, then you're losing yourself in the crowd. Like how the crowd treats people because Donald, they, they believe in Donald Trump. So you're going, yeah, Donald Trump's an asshole, just say, for the sake of argument. I would never do that. And then they're a part of a group, a coalition of the willing, that targets people in their own community, and they still can't see. Why? Because your guru told you, or your pastor told you, or the mayor told you, or the police chief said it was okay? You're still following someone without really looking into yourself. And understanding the concept. You know, what was it? Alexander Sosinista talked about the difference, uh, the good and evil. And he says that the line is not out there, like the person who says it's okay to do it. The difference between good and evil lies within yourself.
0: I'm paraphrasing. You're responsible for that choice.
1: You can't say, well, the pastor told me it was okay, the guru told me it was okay, the police chief, the mayor, you know, the city council member, the organization, the academia, the military, they all told me it was okay. That line is not out there. They just put it out there. So if you're a Christian, they would be the snakes of temptation. But at the end of the day, the decision becomes the individual within who makes the choice to cross that line and commit those
0: crimes against that target. So that's what Sosinista was trying to say. That
1: it's not about it being external to you. The decision to commit acts of evil
0: is within you and the choice that you make. So anyway, it was shocking because I said, well, let me, I read the article from Alternet. It was posted by uh, writing in
1: Alternet, and I clicked on the New York Times link, and I saw the city, and I about shit
0: twice and died. Here we go again. <laughs> so let me read the New York Times article, the first of two, by uh, a gentleman by the name of
1: Mark Oppenheimer. And this one was posted on December 25th, Christmas, uh, in the New York Times. A Spiritual Leader Gained Stature Trailed by a Troubled Past. Beliefs by Mark Oppenheimer, December 25th, 2015. Pacific Grove, California. In his home office overlooking Monterey Bay, Mark Daphne, G-A-F-N-I, is trying to remake American Spirituality. He reads, he writes, he works to bring a little-known philosophy called integral theory into the mainstream of New Age. Integral theory is based on the understanding that evolution itself is an expression of a spiritual universe, universal force of creation embodied in each one of us as us, as unique selves, says the futurist Barbara Marks Hubbard, who described Mr. Gaffney as a leader of the movement. (coughs) The members of Mr. Gaffney's think tank, the Center for Integral Wisdom, and their projects are drawn from the worlds of medicine, yoga, meditation, and the business, business ethics movement known as Conscious Capitalism. We take the best of all the major disciplines of wisdom from the pre-modern period, the modern period and post-modern period, Mr. Gaffney said, and we integrate, integrate them in a kind of a renaissance project. A co-founder of Whole Foods, John McKay, a, prominent, a proponent of conscious capitalism, calls Mr. Gaffney's bold, a bold visionary. He is a chairman of the executive board of Mr. Gaffney's Center and he hosts board members uh, board meetings at his Texas ranch. The Whole Foods website shows a seven-part video series of conversations between the two men. The new media pioneer, Arianna Huffington, spoke via teleconference at Mr. Gaffney's invitation-only conference last year. The author, John Gray, has asked Mr. Gaffney to help write a sequel to Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. But the growing prominence of Mr. Gaffney, 55, and his think tank has alarmed many Jewish leaders who know him as a former rabbi who was accused of sexually exploiting a high school freshman and who then moved to Israel to start a mystical community, only to lose it after having affairs with multiple Followers. Mr. Gaffney, who talked about his past during several interviews, and his supporters say he has put all of that behind him. He said that old claims against him were all exaggerated, the result of professional resentment, and that he had been the victim of pseudo feminist witch hunts. He handed this columnist a copy of Sexual McCarthyism by Ellen M. Dershowitz. Ken Wiebler, considered the modern founder of Integral Theory, stated that the think tank started the think tank with Mr. Gaffney. Mr. Wiebler said that before forming a partnership with Mr. Gaffney, he personally researched the rumors about him and commissioned an employee to investigate. In the end, Mr. Wiebler concluded that Mr. Gaffney was, at worst, insensitive as a boyfriend, quote-unquote. Mark has a lot of Shakti, quote-unquote, Mr. Weebler said, using the Sanskrit word for energy. I don't think he understood the impact it had on people. Mr. Gaffney was born more de- de- uh, more M O R D E C <coughs> H A I was that Mordechite? Do- and then I can't say the last name, so I don't want to mispronounce it. I'll spell it W I N I A R Z to an Orthodox family in Pittsburgh, Massachusetts, in 1960. His family moved to Ohio and he attended an Orthodox Jewish high school in New York City. He was one of the most brilliant students I have ever taught, said Rabbi Shalmel. Sh- 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 okay, I'm not allowed to mess up their names because, you know, that's disrespectful, uh, S-H-L-O-M-O, and then R-I-S-K-I-N, Riskin, who ordained Mr. Gaffney, is it Gaffney or Gaffney? uh oh, Well, never mind. Okay. Um, but later, rescinded the ordination. After high school, Mr. Gaffney stayed in New York to study in a 2004 article in the Jewish Week about Mr. Gaffney, a woman said he repeatedly sexually assaulted her over a nine-month period beginning in 1980 when she was 13. He told me it, if, I had anyone, uh, if I had anyone, I would be shamed in the community. But he told me that if I told anyone, I would be shamed in the community. The Jewish Week quoted the woman as saying Mr. Gaffney, who was quoted saying that he had been in love. He added she was 14, going on 35, and I never forced her. In a recent interview, the woman who asked not to be identified said that she stood by her account from 2004 and that the encounters were not consensual. In 1986, when Mr. Gaffney was working for Jewish public school youth, An outreach program, he was accused by a 16-year-old girl of climbing into bed with her naked while she was staying with him and his wife. He stalked me for years afterward, said the woman, Judy Mitzner, who recently wrote about the episode. Mr. Gaffney said that it was a one-time event and that Ms. Mitzner was highly uh, highly initiatory. So he keeps blaming the females about this. That's the big problem. Uh, and came onto him. Ms. Mitzner said that was not true. I never initiated anything with him, she said. No charges were filed in either case. Mr. Gaffney moved to Israel in 1988 and changed his name from Winnie, W-I-N-I-A-R-Z, to Gaffney, from a Polish cognate for wine or wine to a Hebrew one. He became a popular teacher and briefly had an Israeli television show. By 2000, with two other rabbis, Mr. Gaffney started uh, B-A-Y-I-T-C-H-A-D-A-S, or New Home, a community that held classes and weekend retreats focused on mysticism and creative worship. I had known some of the stuff around him, said Jacob David one of his co-founders, adding that when asked, Mr. Gaffney admitted a monogamy problem, quote, unquote. But in 2006, while Mr. Gaffney was in the United States, B.A. What, B.A. Chadash held a meeting at which several women in the community said that he had been sleeping with each of them and that he had insisted that each keep the affair secret. B.A. Chadash soon folded. Several former friends said that his dishonesty and manipulation, not promiscuity, upset them most. He swore to me that he never would sleep with students, said Ebn Leader, a friend of Mr. Gaffney in Israel, and now an instructor at Hebrew College near Boston. And when the Bayat Kaddash thing exploded, he claimed, I was doing this, yes. But it was consensual, Mr. Gaffney disputed those comments. I did not he said represent myself as someone who did not sleep with students. He said he had asked lovers not to uh, not for secrecy but for privacy. <laughs> <laughs> so you see how you corrupt linguistics. You just change a few words and then suddenly it changes the whole meaning. <laughs> Mr. Gaffney published an online apology after moving to Utah. Clearly, all of this and more indicates that in these regards he is sick. Mr. Gaffney wrote. More recently, Mr. Gaffney wrote that he regretted the apology and wrote it only to avoid sensationalist conflict, quote unquote. In Utah, Mr. Gaffney expanded his interest in non Jewish mystical movements. He made an eclectic group of friends, including Rocky Anderson, the former mayor of Salt Lake City, who wrote a magazine article defending Mr. Gaffney. Mr. Anderson said that he now regretted the article and that Mr. Gaffney had plagiarized material from High Roads for Human Rights, the nonprofit organization Mr. Anderson founded. Rabbi Ohad Ezraei, who teaches in Tel Aviv, said a vision version of one of his Hebrew language articles turned up as a chapter in one of Mr. Gaffney's English books, The Mystery of Love, Without Proper Attribution. Mr. Gaffney said he did not commit plagiarism. Mr. McKay, the Whole Foods, uh, of Whole Foods, and Mr. Gray, the author, declined interview requests. Ms. Huffington said Mr. McKay introduced her to Mr. Gaffney, who she said she had only met once. One Gaffney supporter, Sully Kempton, who is a teacher and writer of meditation and Eastern philosophy and a member of his think tanks, said he was a wonderful teacher for mature students and not someone young, susceptible, uh, and not someone young, susceptible women should take as their teacher. "Quote unquote," Mr. Gaffney, who has been divorced three times, said that any mistakes might have occurred because he was in denial about his polyamorous nature. It's kind of like being a gay guy in the 50s, he said. He now lives with his partner, Lori Gelperin,
0: a psychotherapist who is on the board of Mr. Gaffney Center. And it so, says, I think
1: that one of the things that I've learned a lot about over the years, he said, is to take more and more responsibility for my impact on people. <laughs> so then what happened was they followed up the article, and then I'm going to read you some from Alternet. Because this guy's on this peninsula, so I'm going to warn everybody on the peninsula, be careful.
0: Wolves and sheep's clothing. What's that other article? Here it goes. So this is Part 2. It was Tablet. I don't think this is the Times.
1: Oh, TabletMag.com. Tablet. The Scroll. Understanding the Mark Gaffney Story, Part 2. Talking to the Friends and Colleagues of a Controversial Ex-Rabbi by Mark Oppenheimer. On Friday, my article about the Controversial Ex-Rabbi Mark Gaffney was posted online at the New York Times website. It ran in in the print edition on Saturday, December 26th. Since then, it has received a tremendous amount of attention and generated some very significant questions. Many of them having to do with who supported Gaffney, and when and why. As readers of the first piece know, Gaffney 55, who worked as a rabbi in both the Orthodox and Renewal wings of Judaism, long ago admitted that when he was 19 and or 20, or I says and 20, he had repeated sexual encounters over a nine-month period with a girl who was 13 and then 14 years old. In 1986, Gaffney was accused of twice groping 16-year-old Judy Mitzner, a student involved with his Jewish outreach program, once getting into bed with her completely naked. She was staying with him and his wife during a rough period at home. He once told a reporter that the first girl was 14 going on 35 and that they were in love. The second girl was, he told me, highly initiatory. Gaffney has also been accused of plagiarism, of emotionally abusive relationships with women at his Jewish renewal community in Israel, which imploded after his multiple liaisons. And in 2011, of sleeping with a woman he was counseling, which led her employer, a book publisher, to cancel Gaffney's book contract. At the time, the employer, publisher Tammy Simmons, gave a statement to a blogger about why she was dropping Gaffney and the woman who alleged, who's, who alleged the affair recently confirmed the story to me. Speaking with me, Gaffney denied that the relationship was a breach of ethics because he said he was not counseling a woman. Yet Gaffney has continually found students and financial backers. The question is, who are they, and what is their reasoning? We can gain some idea by listening to his supporters themselves. Many of them have gone on the record over various years. They include some of his earliest friends in the Orthodox Jewish community, the rabbi of a wealthy reformed temple in Los Angeles, and a religion teacher at one of America's most prestigious boarding schools. They offer a range of explanations for why they trust or trusted Gaffney, from skepticism about his sexual abuse charges or the veracity of such charges more generally, to a new age belief that Gaffney is sometimes overwhelmed overwhelmed by his own sexual energy. Taken together, they teach us something about what some call forgiveness, others' denial. Early in his career in the 1980s, Gaffney, then known by his birth name, Mora, Morde, Mordecai, I think it's Mordecai, i a r z worked in the modern Orthodox community. He attended the high school then run by renowned Rabbi Shalomo Sh- 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 Riskin. He was one of the most brilliant students he I had ever taught, Riskin said. As I wrote in the Times, Riskin added, For a period of time, he lived in my house. That's how much I loved him. Riskin even left Gaffney in charge of his Lincoln Square synagogue when he was traveling. As a young man, Gaffney also worked for a program, Jewish Public School Youth, housed at Yeshiva University. A youth advisor who worked with both Gaffney and Mitzner, but who told me that she was afraid to use her name, said that Mitzner, now in her 40s, shared the story with her at the time, and she brought the allegation, alleged episode to the attention of the Yeshiva University administration. In a recent interview, Rabbi Kenneth Hayne, who then worked at YU, said that he remembered that the university hired a psychologist to investigate. The psychologist interviewed the parties and came back with a letter, said Hayne, who recalls seeing the letter and what it said was that he could not determine whether there was any wrongdoing. Unlike many modern orthodox rabbis in the years thereafter, Hain, who is now a rabbi in Lawrence, New York, and for from 1999 to 2001 was president of the Rabbinical Council of America, the major organization of modern orthodox rabbis, never vouched for Gaffney or attested publicly to his integrity. And, He was uncertain if anyone recommended Gaffney for the job he got right after leaving New York at a pulpit in Boca Raton. Mitzner, though, told me that she suspected a cover-up all along. You hear all the time about priests and pastors who sexually molest people, but you never hear about rabbis, Mitzner said. Everyone in the Jewish community wants to cover it up. In any case, Gaffney lasted less than a year in Boca Raton, then left for reasons that are unclear. He moved to Israel. In 2004, the Jewish Week ran a damning expose on Gaffney, which included Mr. Gaffney's admission of the incidents with the ninth grader, as well as the news that Sholmo Riskin had rescinded his rabbinic ordination. The article quoted Gaffney saying he now took precautions against future missteps. I don't work with kids, Gaffney said. I don't consult men or women, and I don't meet with, uh, alone with women. But many defended Gaffney. If you want to find fly specks in the pepper, you can always find them. The late Zolman Shatzler Shalomi, uh, considered the founder of the renewal branch of Judaism, told the Jewish Week's Gary Rosenblatt but I've watched him teach. He is learned, exciting, and charismatic. Dr. Islami, you know, regretted, and in the public letter rescinded his support. The article had little effect on Mr. Gaffney's stature in Israel. And after it ran, three more prominent rabbis, Joseph Talushkin,
0: T-E-L-U-S-H-K-I-N,
1: author of the popular book, Jewish Literacy, adjunct Columbia law professor Saul Berman, and Renewal Rabbi Tirzah Firestone Firestone, wrote wrote a letter offering support to Gaffney. In 2005, 17 rabbis and communal leaders circulated a letter endorsing Gaffney and casting doubt on the charges against him. Among the signatories were this Firestone, Shalomi and the major leaders in Judaism, including Arthur Green, now the rector of Hebrew College near Boston. They wrote in part, we affirm without reservation that in addition to being a person of enormous gifts, depth, and vision, Rabbi Gaffney is also a person of real integrity. Many of those rabbis later recanted their support for Gaffney. In 2006, after the dissolution of Gaffney's Beit Kedash, community in Israel amidst complaints of emotional abuse from multiple sexual partners of Gaffney's whose stories to this day Gaffney denies, as one can read on his website. Uh, Telushkin, Berman, and Firestone apologize for their support. Green has also said he regretted supporting Gaffney. When reached by telephone, both Telushkin and Green declined to comment. Berman did not return multiple emails and calls. But Gaffney's support did not come just from the Orthodox world. Beginning in 2002, he was a frequent teacher and even a high-holidays preacher at Stephen S. Wise Temple in Los Angeles. Shit. Los Angeles. I was in Los Angeles during that time.
0: Mm,
1: mm, mm. (coughs) At Stephen S. Wise Temple in Los Angeles and one of the largest Jewish congregations in the world. A 2004 article in the Los Angeles Jewish Journal quotes the senior rabbi, Eli Hersher, fiercely defending Gaffney again after Gaffney's public admission that he had been sexually involved with a 13-year-old. So it says, but Hershner hasn't found any substance to the rumors he said he personally checked out after Gaffney himself brought the issue up soon after they met. The article, Hershner points out, brings up incidents alleged to have occurred more than 25 years ago when Gaffney was 19, and even those are based on allegations that have never been proven and that Gaffney denies, dot, dot, dot. Herschner takes the Jewish Week to task for implying that Gaffney has admitted to wrongdoing or done teshuva a repentance for specific incidents. For instance, Jewish Week editor Gary Rosenblatt says that Gaffney has done teshuva by agreeing not to work with children, to do private counseling, or to be alone with women. But Herscher said that he discussed those self-imposed ground rules with Gaffney, and it was clear to him that Gaffney was not trying to avoid temptation, but only trying to preclude even the appearance of wrongdoing, given the rumors that have haunted him for the two decades. These are people who come by learning with him and being counseled by him who don't have that opportunity, Ursher said. From 2004 to 2006, after the revelations about Gaffney's past with minors, the temple continued to have Gaffney in the speak. Every few months, according to a 2006 article in the Jewish Journal, only after Gafni lost Beit Kaddish, Kaddish, kaddish. His renewal community in Israel after numerous women alleged emotional, painful, romantic entanglements with with him did Stephen S. Weiss Temple sever its connection with him. Only then did Hershner, the rabbi, distance himself from Gaffney. I pray that all who have been misled and hurt by him, first and foremost the women he has harmed, will soon recover. Hersher told the Jewish Journal in two thousand six. We sat his home in Los Angeles this week. Hersher, now senior Rabbi Emeritus, said he had no comment. Daphne also has defenders in the New Age world. My article in the Times quoted Daphne's supporter Ken Wiebler and Sally Kempton defending him on various grounds having to do with his nature or his innate energy, which they believe in time He's learned to control better. There were others I spoke with who believed either that Gaffney's past had been exaggerated or that he had changed and others, often both. The men's rights advocate, Warren, Warren Farrell, is in a monthly men's group with Gaffney, author John Gray and others, and he is the third author of Gray's planned next sequel to Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Farrell is also associated with Gaffney's Think Tank, the Center for Integral Wisdom. Mark is able to bring people in, see what their gift is, and then co-create with them, Farrell said in an interview. I've looked into it, Farrell said, when asked about Gaffney's controversial past, people who know me say the single things, thing that stands out most with me is is word integrity mark was off mark was very often open about telling me and sharing with me what his background was i did do some research on it i knew one of the women he was involved with at the time i met him Farrell said that while he had only mark's perspective on it he had concluded what feels pretty accurate what's what feels pretty accurate to me was that Mark was basically in an orthodox community and he tends to behave in unorthodox ways. Orthodox communities are pretty sexually repressed and Mark is not sexually repressed. The line of argument that Gaffney suffered from an imperfect fit with the orthodox Jewish world in which he was raised was also put put forward by Kempton, who writes about Eastern wisdom traditions and yoga, who is revered in certain precincts of the New Age world and whose endorsement was instrumental in helping Gaffney rebuild his reputation after he left Jewish life. She suggested that there was something in the hothouse of boys' yeshiva education or in his Jewish lineage that explained why he turned to a 13-year-old for sexual release. I recognize Kempton said that particular heart to heart transmission in Mark that he is able to offer in a large group and that I think is very connected with one of the Hasidic lineages. I don't know enough about Jewish lineages to understand it, but it feels it but it's a felt sense that I recognize. As you probably know, those highly Incredible, high-energy, smart, young yeshiva boys are just filled with energy that spills over and super hyper-talking, uh, obviously, in their hyper-sexuality. And I don't think that it is the same. It is that what, uh, And I don't think that in that sense Mark is that different from a lot of young Orthodox guys and that I have known who are trying to stay celibate until they got married and it was killing him. Yeah, with a lot of women, I guess, huh? So the early relationships that started this whole thing, Kempton continued, was with a freshman in high school. He was 19, I think, and it was his first serious girlfriend. They made out blah, blah, blah. we have already gone over that, so I'm not going to reread it. Um, but in an email to me, the girl, now a grown woman living in New York State, rejected any characterization of her as Gaffney's girlfriend, or willing partner. Instead, she described their encounters as aggressive, forced sexual contact without consent, she wrote. He would come in in the middle of the night and wake me up. He forced me into sexual contact with them against my will. I repeatedly pleaded with him to not touch me. I repeatedly said no. He was physically stronger than me and forced me into sexual contact that I did not want. He tried to force me to touch his penis, and against my will, he touched my breast and genitals in a forceful way. I tried to push his hands away from me. The experience was terrifying. He told me that I must keep it a secret, and if I did not, I would be the one who would be blamed by my parents and community. She gave a similar but more detailed description to a blogger, Luke Ford, in 2004. Not all of Gaffney's new supporters come from the New Age world. Adam Bello is an editor at HarperCollins, known for working with conservative authors, including Sarah Palin and Ted Cruz. He is now advising Gaffney's think tank, the Center for Integral Wisdom, and helping Gaffney plan future publications. He is one of the talking heads in Rise Up, a short movie that seems to be A preview for a planned longer movie for the center. Motivational speaker Tony Robbins, Whole Foods CEO John McKay, and Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, author John Gray, are also in the five-minute video. Dello, who in 1993 published David Brock's The Real Anita Hill, believes that the charges against Mr. Gaffney may have been exaggerated over time, in part due to contested and politicized definition of rape. We obviously cannot know for certain what occurred between two people, as the Hill-Thomas case amply demonstrates. Memory is a very tricky thing, and an experience that might seem benign or acceptable at one time in a person's life may look very different in hindsight so it goes on and it talks about him and the tantric relationships and the arrows and all this stuff. But what it is is that be careful who you follow, who you think. And like I said, you know, they can give you tools, right? The 12-step program gives people tools,
0: you know? But when you start, how do you put it? It's just that. So, yeah, you can listen to your sermon at the church or you can listen to the, you know,
1: the new age person speaking or whatever. That's not the issue. The issue is when
0: you put so much belief in what they're saying that you turn your power over. But these type of new age people are a little bit more tricky. Because they blend all this Eastern philosophy,
1: you know, and then New Age and 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 you know different different um, theologies, just say from different areas, and they all incorporate them. They synergize them. So this whole integral thinking is nothing more than synergy that they used to use in the entertainment industry way back in the early 2000s, bringing it all together. You just rebrand things. But alternate. Had something, and they were talking about how a lot of this
0: theory is more Ayn Rand. So now you're looking, you're preying upon these conservatives. So this is a little bit quicker, but I'm going to go over what alternates analysis. The Sex Scandal Following
1: Whole Foods Guru by Michael Schulson, religion, religion Dispatches, January 13, 2016. Over the holidays, the New York Times ran a punishing profile of Mark Gaffney, an ex-rabbi, an ex-rabbi who reinvented himself as a New Age spiritual leader. A founder of the Center for Integral Wisdom and organizer of the Success 3.0 Summit, Gaffney has built a New Age brand around two trademark concepts, unique self and outrageous love, which, like much of integral theory, seems to draw from psychotherapy, Eastern and Western religious traditions and philosophy, or as his website's biography puts it, Gaffney teaches on the cutting edge of philosophy in the West, helping to evolve a new dharma, a meta theory of integral meaning that is helping to reshape key pivoting points in consciousness and culture. There is also reason to believe that Gaffney is a sexual predator. At the time, religion journalist Mark Oppenheimer, a friend and mentor of mine, lays out the allegations in detail, which includes assault, statutory rape, emotional abuse, and exploitation of the counselor-student power dynamic. My personal opinion is that Mark Gaffney has a pathology, Rabbi David Ingber, a former associate of Gaffney told me. Because Gaffney writes books about crying and makes statements about love intelligence and love beauty, it's easy to read his story as a straightforward tale of hypocrisy. A spiritual leader pledges universal love even as he assaults girls and manipulates his followers. Cue the disgust. That's not an inaccurate read, but what's so striking here is that none of the allegations are new. Scandal has followed Gaffney for years. The most serious allegation, repeated non-consensual sexual contact with a middle school-age girl when Gaffney was 19 and 20, happened years before he became a new age leader. Gaffney has said that the encounters were consensual and that the girl was 14, going on 35. Oppenheimer Pete Oppenheimer's piece isn't so much an expose of a predator as it is a challenge to the communities at the intersection of the business world and practitioners of integral theory that continue to enable him. And Gaffney has a nose for influence influences nodes. He has connections with Ariana Huffington and to Philip Exeter and to Phillips Executor. Executor Academy, the elite prep school where he's lectured and led a faculty retreat, and he's forged a close partnership with Ken Wilber, the prominent spiritual leader who first developed integral theory. His most noteworthy partnership, though, is with John McKay, the founder and co-CEO of Whole Foods Market. McKay chairs the executive board of Gaffney's Gap- 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 Center for Integral Wisdom, and he's involved with the Summit 3.0 Conference. Until last week, Whole Foods had a series of videos posted on its website, each featuring a dialogue between McKay and Gaffney, and an interview with Gaffney's features prominently in Consciousness Capitalism, the 2013 book that McKay co-authored with marketing professor Raj Sisodi. While Whole Foods isn't culpable for any of Gaffney's alleged crimes, it's worth recognizing that the very same values that animate his um, melange of American capitalism and New Age spirituality appear to enable someone like Gaffney to remain a spiritual leader. One of the great cathedrals of the spirit. I strongly recommend that you read the following paragraph aloud preferably with a friend who does not serve on the board of a Fortune 500 company. The world of business is becoming one of the great cathedrals of the spirit. Businesses are becoming places in which meaning can be created in which mutually begins to happen. Business is the force in the world that is fulfilling every major value of the great spiritual tradition, intimacy, trust, a shared vision, Cooperation, collaboration, friendship, and ultimately love. That's Gaffney in 2012 in an interview with McKay and Sissodia, for consciousness capitalism. Conscious, I'm sorry, conscious capitalism. Conscious businesses, according to McKay and Sasodia, are suffused with higher purpose and uh, lever- leave in with authentic caring examples include whole foods market southwest airlines starbucks and somewhat mysteriously amazon.com which is known for using underpaid temp style labor in its warehouse and allegedly mainstreaming employees at its home sorry and mistreating employees at its home office you don't have to be a marxist to question whether These institutions are fulfilling every major value of the great spiritual tradition, quote-unquote. At the very least, that sentiment might seem alien to wage laborers or to anyone who enjoys work but does not think of it in, in quite such lofty terms. Thank you very much. While Gaffney may just be flattering a patron, his style of philosophizing does dovetail with certain libertarian, with a certain libertarian streak in American capitalism, although there's often although they're often associated with the political left, spiritual leaders like Gaffney have more in common with Ayn Rand than Noam Chomsky. Like Rand. There's an emphasis on the individual as the source, and uh, conduit of authority. Thinkers like Gaffney place enormous weight on the imperative of creative energies acting through an individual. In Gaffney's pseudobiology, the evolutionary force, quote-unquote, and they frame self-expression as an ultimate good. In this style of thought, social change originates by liberating individual consciousness, not reforming social structures. New-age thinking is very diverse, but it's easy to see why this particular strain would appeal to the ARC capitalist set. For one thing, it jives with an entrepreneur's as social heroes mentality. Only instead of being winners or job creators, they are creating minds, unlocking a better world, their idea, uh, ideas transforming the texture of reality. For another, it affirms, rather than polices, the expression of desire. Sounds familiar? And it does so within a pleasingly vague moral framework that doesn't offer much by way of fixed ethical demands. In the case of Mark Gaffney, it's easy to see how these same values, the emphasis on individual authority and creative energies on the one hand and the reflexive affirmation of desire on the other, can be used to justify troubling pattern of behavior. Reality, really, it's all about that energy. (laughs) Here we go with that energy. So, really, it's all about that energy. And a follow-up to his Times piece, Oppenheimer observes that many of his interviewees drew on the New Age belief that Gaffney is sometimes overwhelmed by his own sexual energy. In order to justify their continued support, Ken Wiebler himself told Oppenheimer that Mark has a lot of sh- uh, a Shakti or energy, adding, I don't think he's understood the impact it had on people. Another Gaffney collaborator, the Collins editor, Adam Bello, explained that Mark is a powerful receiver and transmitter uh, or, er- of erotic energy. Any kind of community can tolerate behaviors It should not. Uh, Any kind of community can tolerate behaviors. It should not. Though a number of New Age leaders, including Deepak Chopra, have moved to distance themselves from Gaffney since the Times article came out. Still, that ethic ethic of personal authority and cosmic consciousness remain a significant teaching for many New Age leaders a teaching that seems especially ill-equipped to address transgressions. David Ingber, the rabbi who knew Gaffney back when he was leader of the Jewish Renewal Movement, has st- started to change, uh, Started a Change.org petition to put pressure on Gaffney's institutional partners. Ingber told me that Gaffney has found safe haven in the New Age world though the problem, he said, would apply to any highly evolved community. In black and white communities where morality is conventional and rights and wrong is clear, he would have no place, said Ingbar. A certain kind of open-mindedness, on the other hand, can tip over its moral blindness. Strictly a personal relationship.
0: Hold on. <clears throat> so it says that more
1: strictly a personal relationship, that moral blindness certainly seems to have extended to John McKay and arguably to Whole Foods as well. McKay has built his career on values-oriented capitalism. Whole Foods justifies its high prices by appealing to customers' moral sensibilities instead of openly selling itself as a place where affluent people can shop alongside other affluent people. Conscious capitalism, the manifesto for this philosophy, chronicles many of McKay's admirable efforts to provide good working conditions for his employees, or in McKay's and Sosoda's preferred phrasing, team members. Yet while consciousness capitalism concentrates on unfolding universal consciousness, purpose, and value, it rarely talks about ethics. McKay and Cicsoda want businesses to be more conscious to serve the progress and energy of the universe and to find high, their higher purposes but they talk quite a bit I'm uh, sorry but they talk quite a bit less about wanting businesses to do what's right and they don't really tangle with the difficulties that emerge when some people try to exercise undue power over their fellow human beings since the time story broke, Whole Foods has worked to emphasize that the relationship between Gaffney and McKay is separate from McKay's role at Whole Foods. John McKay's involvement with Mark Gaffney and the Center for Integral Wisdom in his personal businesses, Whole Foods spokesman Michael Silverman wrote in an email to the Cubit. Uh, that message echoes what McKay posted on, on the Whole Foods website in places. seven blogs posts featured videos of him in conversation with Gaffney. My involvement with Mark Gaffney and the Center for Integral Wisdom is conducted strictly in my personal life and does not represent an endorsement or support for either Mr. Gaffney or the Center for Integral Wisdom by Whole Foods Market. With that said, I have decided to remove the video video interviews I participated in with Mr. Gaffney and am doing so to be consistent with the position that this is indeed strictly a personal relationship. All of them can still be found on the Center for Integral Wisdom site. It's difficult to take that statement seriously. When the CEO of a company includes a link to videos of himself in dialogue with a spiritual leader on his company's website, it is not exactly a ringing an endorsement, McKay's glowing words about Gaffney, accompanied by a belief description of McKay's position at Whole Foods, remain on Gaffney's personal website as well. In addition, Whole Foods, the company, not simply the CEO, has been the main sponsor of Gaffney's Success 3.0 Summit, and McKay remains the chairman of the executive board of the Center for Integrated Wisdom. It's also worth noting that McKay has again and again emphasized the relationship between the success of a conscious corporation and the psychological and spiritual life of the company's leadership from conscious capitalism. A man cannot truly evolve, learn, and grow if its leaders, particularly the CEO, are not learning and growing as well. Companies can become blocked from essential organizational evolution if their founder is psychologically and spiritually stuck. One can sympathize with McKay's dilemma. The very language of this statement, with its emphasis on spiritual evolution, seems drawn directly from the writings of Gaffney and his fellow travelers in the New Age movement. It's harder to sympathize with McKay's reaction, which so far has mostly been silent, combined, with an uncharacteristic and self serving separation of his individual conduct from that of his company. In this case, the capitalist corporation seems awfully selective about the extent of its
0: consciousness. <laughs> So anyway, that's a little bit of food for thought. But you know, targets are
1: as most targets who who realize it that when you've been targeted, they will go to they they can drop ship anywhere, these sci operators, the the narrative network teams. And they will prey upon the community because they do a clean sweep of a community. You know, it could be, you know, ethnically diverse, socioeconomically diverse, to homogenous, you know, rural cities and towns. And they know who these leaders are.
0: And they know how to prey upon them to prey upon their member base. But ultimately,
1: a handler who handles a handler who handles a handler. So I can drop ship into where I'm living in my, this is my hometown. And it's just, it's it's um, fortuitous for me to be, you know, scanning through some Sunday articles and finding, wow, this guy is right here. Went all over, you know, and went from a rabbi to a spiritual leader. Well, that reminds me of Radovan uh, Karadich, you know? And I'm not saying he's a gen... this, this Gassman will ever be a genocidal killer. He seems to have some problems with sex, you know, or he's a sex addict or whatever. You know, that's allegation. But at the end of the day, you know, whatever, right? It's about how do you how do you promote one thing while while being a part
0: of something else that's not so good. So this care a heritage, you know,
1: from Ser- the Serbian conflict when the NATO finally got involved and put an end to it, the ethnic cleansing that happened in Croatia, the Croatia, Serbia, <laughs> you know, Herzegovia, and all that those other places. But he ran, he fled. But see, he was a trained psychiatrist, so who better to manipulate people than psychiatry? Where do you, you know, this whole, this whole torture regime, you know, the, the, the designing of the torture program came from medical professionals. The grunt who implements it is only following the instructions of something that has already been tested. You know, you can waterboard them so many times, but you've got to stop when the blood pressure gets at this rate. You can de- deprive them of sleep, you know, based upon X, Y, and Z. You can blitz them with different kinds of torture techniques, but all those techniques were studied by medical
0: professionals psychiatrists, psychologists, and
1: physicians, and physician's assistants studying the biological and psychological effects of how far they could take a person to break them. So who better to manipulate people than people who have an understanding of that? But you know who else has an understanding
0: of that? Religious leaders. And when you get the bad apples that are in there, they know who those are and they
1: know that they can be manipulated or they're compromised so then they can blackmail them. But it's when you tell your member base that it is okay to target somebody in your own neighborhood and it doesn't matter,
0: then you know that you're in cult behavior. When what they spew
1: is not necessarily what they live. Because I've always said as a target, if the perpetrator community were to have to live to the standards that they have electrocuted, shocked, tortured targets like me, because they didn't like what I said, because I went too fast on the car, if any of these people had to live by the same standards, most of these perpetrators would be dead. because they can't even live up to the standards with which they believe that a target is supposed to live up to. Oh, she cursed too much. I'll execute her. And then they turn around, and they're cursing up the storm. They they're they hi- hypocrites. Do you understand? It's the epitome of hypocrisy. To spew one thing, or to punish someone for something, a standards that not even these people can live up to. Not a damn person in the perpetrator community could live
0: up to what they claim that they agreed it was okay to punish a target for. They're hypocrites. But it's funny that this hypocrite happens to have moved up to my hometown. (laughs) I had no idea.
1: Good thing. But who, who knows? Maybe there's cult members that are a part of the perpetrator community. Because it's not just, you know, I, I, I know a lot of times I'll say these religious fanatics. But, you know, spirituality is fanatical too. The New Age movement. You know, atheists are as fanatical as these crusading Christians. They're the ones who don't believe that God exists. And they're as fanatical as the ones who take the
0: Bible Literally. So it comes from all ends of the spectrum, and then the spiritual side is, well, I don't want to claim a religion, because I believe all religions okay, so I'm going to go into the New Age spiritual movement, and spend all your money trying to find yourself. How about, you know,
1: just like taking your own inventory and trying to deal with it that way? but I'm dealing with a group of people who think that they can do whatever they want to to you and they're not accountable. Then right there, the hypocrisy shows. If these people had to live by the standards with which they torture and target DIs, most of these
0: people would be dead because they would be punished so bad that they wouldn't be able to survive it. So I'm talking about hypocrites. And hypocrisy. And using your position of power, authority, expertise, and trying to
1: push one agenda that you really don't mean. Or in this case, the handlers. Telling these people that it's okay to do these things to an unarmed, defenseless human being. And somehow it's justified in the eyes of God or in the Guru spirituality or, or in this area or that area. And Dr. Zimbardo, who did the, the Stanford Prison Experiment, he, I'm paraphrasing, and he says, evil is not about you know the spiritual bullshit. Evil is the intentional, and I'm paraphrasing it because I added some words, evil is the intentional infliction Or it's the intentional, what is it? Um, It is the intentional infliction and abuse of power to harm people psychologically, to hurt people physically, to destroy people mortally or their ideas, and to commit crimes against humanity. The intentional infliction and abuse of power
0: to harm people. So I'm not saying that your New Age movement is wrong. I'm not saying that being a Christian is wrong. I don't give a flying fucking
1: shit what you want to believe. But when you take those beliefs and you cross over and you tell me or you try to inflict upon me those beliefs or that I should be living by those or that you penetrate the walls of my building, uh, the privacy of my home, and think you have the right to interfere with that life Then I got a problem with it. If you want to live those lives, then live them and punish each other from within your cult. But keep your
0: shit out of my life. It's a real simple premise. If you don't believe in abortion,
1: then don't have a fucking abortion. But keep those
0: beliefs away from me. If you think it's a sin for this, then you and your group make sure that you
1: don't cross that line and you don't sin like that. And all y'all in your cult can do that. But keep your shit to yourself and stay the
0: fuck out of other people's lives. For me, it's a real simple premise. You want to be like that? Then you go be like that. But don't you dare cross that
1: line and think that you have a right to inflict that or believe that
0: somebody else should have to do or believe what you believe. And all I'm dealing with is fundamentalism and extremism. People who have crossed
1: that line where because it's what they believe, they think they have a right to interfere with somebody else. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, like if you're a thief or you're a killer or a serial killer, you know, just because you believe you could be a serial
0: killer. No, I understand that concept of that, that line. There are certain things. But this perpetrator community is under the false belief system
1: based upon their manipulation. But they allow themselves to be manipulated, so they only have themselves to blame. Remember, I told you that thing about Zimbardo, Dr. Zimbardo. Not only did he say this, you know, it's called the Lucifer effect, but he also talked about the difference between the the good and evil. And that Alexander Solzhenitsyn said that it's not out there. It's not that person in a position of power, authority, you know, a guru or whatever that says it's okay. So then, therefore, you do it. And then you end up committing crimes against humanity. And it was their fault? No, it's not their fault. There, I call them, in the Christian religion, if you're Christian, you understand the snakes of temptation, the wolves in sheep's clothing. The moment someone tells you that it's okay to flatten my tires, or to break into my home, or to vandalize my property, or to try to set me up and get me in trouble, those are all negative things. What person in the spiritual realm of a higher consciousness, or a Christian religion, or any religion, says that it's okay to do all these negative things to a person.
0: The negative, I thought negative was evil. Yet you have people who sit there, well, he told me it was
1: okay, or she told me it was okay, or the academia or the psychologist or whoever, because they're testing these things. Well, still, what are you doing is negative to that target?
0: Then if it's negative, then it can't be good. Yet, we have a nationwide and a global network from the civilian population. I
1: call them the sleeper cells. That these handlers can activate whenever somebody else goes on the
0: list and they happen to live within their community. And they start targeting them. And these people will call themselves Christians. Or they call themselves spiritual. or they call themselves the good guys, or what they're doing is the greater good.
1: But the impact is negative. Then you're not doing anything for any greater good. And especially, I find these spiritual people the most hypocritical, because they don't claim so-called religion. And they're universal in their multicultural acceptance of anyone. and that they want to get to that higher consciousness, yet you find that a lot of times
0: what they're doing is bilking people for money. Lost rich people. Oh, this is the new fad, so go along with it. But we have targets who've lost their lives fighting for their lives and being denied justice. See, I don't forgive that for telling the truth. So when I read this article, and this person happens to be in
1: my community now, mm, mm, mm. but then, you know, this is, I'm near the Big Sur area and and all that 60s shit. You know, the higher consciousness. And I, and I think that it does help some people. You know, yoga and, and, you know, those type of things. But don't get so enmeshed in it that you start following people. If you want to use it for your own personal use, then go for it. You know, if you want to hear gongs and alms and whatever, if that keeps you relaxed, then do it. But it's when you take it that step further, kind of like these Christians who believe the Bible is absolute, that every word is absolutely true. And they won't admit the fact that, number one, Jesus, you know, they, we celebrate Jesus' birth uh, in December. And then these astro, uh, astrologers have proven that if, if there was a person named Jesus that was born with those stars of mine, he was born in the, the month of June, not December. Follow along, that's wrong, right? A book that was written 1,200 to, what was it, 1,000 to 1,500 years after the fact? Well, you know, that's kind of like a rumor. And this is how I equate it. There's a rumor. I started, and then it passes around and it comes back to me. By the time it comes back to me, I know I started the rumor, but it has been so creatively changed that by the time that rumor comes back to me, it's almost unrecognizable. Now, I'm not saying that there wasn't a person named Jesus that was born, but he could have been like Gandhi or or Dr. King, just a good man trying to do good for the people the underserved people. But by the time the Bible's written, he could, you know, part
0: the seas and make birds or or whatever fall out of the sky. I'm not saying that there wasn't a person that exists. That's why I don't claim atheism. But by the same token, you can see how things can be exaggerated.
1: And then you take that as gospel, so then you're going to punish that girl who was raped and therefore she can't have an abortion. Or you're going to go to people's funerals and you're going to sit out there and and, and scream at people because your religious beliefs believe that you have the right to do that. See, you're crossing all these lines where you take the belief and then you tell people that they have to live by those belief systems. See, that's where I don't agree with. I don't care if you worship the tree or the seed. What I care about is when you take it and you think you have the right to instill those beliefs on somebody else
0: who doesn't want anything to do with it. So I'm looking at this whole thing,
1: but what's really kind of disturbing is that this person is within the community, and he, he, he's getting all this backing from these, you know, high-powered profile people, and then they just kind of wash aside, oh, well, that's okay, he did this, you know, way back when, and, you know, it was all consensual, and he makes up his excuses, and it's like, well, wait a second, if you're reaching that higher level of consciousness, then doesn't that mean that you kind of like, you know, on those 12 steps where you admit your wrongdoing, but you don't admit it and then claim that it was consensual and blah, blah, you know? Then what kind of leader are you really? And why do you call it this theory, uh, this, what do I call it, integral theory? And and then back in the early 2000s, it was called synergy, and now it's integral theory and all these kids, you know, these these Silicon Valley and stuff. Oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm not religious, but I could get into this kind of stuff. Okay. Okay. And then I'm explaining to you that uh, uh, Karadic, Radovan Karadic was a trained psychiatrist that was one of the military leaders in the Serbian conflict. Slaughtered people would sit at the top of the hill and invite riders, and then they would shoot down into the streets when people were walking just for target practice and then sit and have their dinner. And then when, when NATO showed up and then it, basically they had a ceasefire, he takes off this, this, this massacre leader and then he reinvents himself as a New Age
0: spiritualist in the form of energy healing. This all in the 90s. and he gets caught as a dabich da, da or something like that, the
1: energy healer, he was a guru. See, those are the things that come to mind. That you think that you're a pastor, or you think that you're a priest, or you think that you're a guru leader, they couldn't possibly, possibly have another past. And you can't whitewash and sanitize it. And I'm not saying this man is anywhere near what Radovan was
0: or what Radovan is, a trained psychiatrist at The Hague with charges of crimes against humanity and ethnic cleansing. But I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is that
1: they can because they do have a personality or charismatic. Some people have one personalities and they love them. Other people have one personalities and they hate them. I have what's called a one personality, but people hate my fucking
0: guts, and I know it. But that's okay. They're entitled to those opinions. But when they take those opinions and
1: think they have a right to directly interfere with my human living life, then i got a problem with it.
0: And I deal with an entire group of fundamentally
1: fundamental zealots and extremists, Because once you cross that line, say, I don't like her, so therefore I have a right to do this, then you've crossed the line. So you can look at every targeted individual who has been accused of everything under the sun, from being mental to pedophiles to whatever, criminals to drug addicts. We have been accused of it all, depending on what community we have moved to. But we're not crossing the line. I'm still on the phone to the tech companies, you know, to the financial institutions, to law enforcement, asking them to intervene on my behalf to put a stop to all this shit. The only people who have crossed the line into criminality are every member
0: of your community who jumped on board and believed that they had a right to target you. And here's the kicker. Every single one of those participants had a choice.
1: Remember that line between good and evil is not out there because someone told you it was okay or you could get away with it? That line between good and evil is within you, the individual. Targets are still trying, as much as they yell and scream, they still try to be good and work within a system that is
0: completely broken. But we still believe in the Constitution and the rule of law But your perpetrator community, Mm-mm. that's why whenever they try to
1: make you think that you're lesser, all you have to do is look at the very fact that they're part of a perpetrator community, a coalition of the willing, and then think about those targets who were begging for their lives and they're no longer alive. You didn't cross the line,
0: they did. They're not superior to you, ever. So one more guru bites the dust, you know, from the priest pedophiles to the, these
1: evangelicals that are they're assaulting and sexually abusing. I mean, it's all out there. It's that power, the exercise, the intentional exercise and abuse of power to harm people psychologically, to hurt people physically, to destroy people mortally or their ideas and to commit crimes against humanity. That line, as Dr. Zimbardo said, is not out there because someone told you it was okay to electrocute them or to target them or to experiment on them. It is not out there.
0: It is the choice that you make from within, and the only person you have to blame is yourself. And stop blaming targets.
1: Because 99.9% of the people who target you are complete strangers to you who think that they have a right to interfere with your living human
0: life. That's a crock of fucking bullshit. You have no connection to those people other than what
1: their handlers told them you have or what they've deluded themselves into believing. You are not connected to these people. Other than in the in the standard way of society and connections to you know decent human living and things like that, the basics. But these people outside of you who are targeting have really no connection to you. You don't affect their lives. You don't stop them from working. You don't you don't go out and try to destroy their lives. You don't steal from them. You don't vandalize from them, vandalize their property. You don't stalk them because you have no connection to
0: them, and most normal people don't do shit like that. But your perps, somehow, for some reason, they
1: have deluded themselves to believe that they have a right to directly interfere.
0: They've crossed the line. So when they talk about evil or mental, when they talk about dangerous they need only pick up the mirror
1: and take a look at their own reflections because it's not the target who poses the danger to society. It's a group of cult-driven mentality that's posing a danger to free society. So anyway, <laughs> it was just like I said, a lot of people think that I go against, get, you know, I, I, I blast Christians. It's not about Christianity. It's about following leaders that leads you down the wrong path. And some of the philosophies are decent. If you could use it to your, your own advantage, where you're not harming anyone else, but you do it because it helps you. But when those leaders tell you it's okay to cross the line and try to inflict it or push it or, or, or demand it or, 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 or harm people because they don't want anything to do with it, but you want to instill it, then, then, then you cross that line. But it was really interesting, is that I, when I popped up the New York Times article on this this particular Mark Gaffney, it had Pacific Grove, California. So that means that this person's living on this peninsula somewhere, in close range. And not saying what they believe, their yoga and their spirituality, but you know, you got to think about it. If they if they have that mentality to cover up what would they do once they get their followers to actually believe? Could they lead them astray? Absolutely. That's the danger. If this person says that it was consensual and, and that, um, or that she was 14 or 13 going on 35, that's kind of like you're trying to get your ass off the hook. And then these other women in Israel were saying that, you know, that he had affairs with all these multiple women but called, told them to not talk about it. He, he he changes words around, so can he could this person, now that you have all these followers could you could he make them believe that it would be okay to target someone or to follow these type of, of negative things that that have a negative impact upon society? Yeah, absolutely now is some of the teachings are some things that you can use for for yourself. And I'm not saying in a selfish way, but you know that it helps you meditate or it helps you relax or or whatever. I don't have anything against using the tools with which to help a person, you know, to try to do it naturally instead of taking all these fucking pharmaceuticals. That kind of, Who knows what kind of long-term damage it has to the gray matter of the brain. But, you know, if those things help you taking a walk on the beach, listening to, you know, the river... Or those spirit. I, don't have, I think that that's good if it helps someone. But it's about the individual self. And I'm not talking about the selfish individual self, but just because it, it helps you relax. You know, believing in God, if that helps you. All I'm saying is that any of those things are okay. So long as you don't take it to the point where it's extreme. You know, where you have the Muslims and the caliphats. We have Christian caliphats going on all over this country. When it teaches bigotry and intolerance, and hatred. When it makes... it it, uh, it, it, Like the books of excusology, you excuse it because the book said that it was okay to do this. And then when you're caught and you have to face the reality of the atrocities that were committed, then you turn around and say, oh, but only God can can judge me. But you spend all your time judging other people and destroying and slaughtering in the name of your so-called God. But in the end, when you get caught, then it's, oh, well, only God can judge me.
0: But you don't look in the mirror and say, "But well, look at all the judging you did based on your Christian beliefs. So my whole thing is that it doesn't, it, it, if it helps you to make it
1: through the day and gives you strength, that's one thing. When you utilize it as a weapon, to try to control or to dictate or to make others believe that it's okay to harm. Then it's no longer just about using it for your own means to help you through whatever. You're using it as a weapon to harm.
0: Then you've gone too far. But like I said, this person is now in the community where I live, and ooh, I'm going to go look
1: around. I'm going to find out, you know, how many of these people are involved. What, what's the number member base? Hmm, I wonder why. But anyway, um, it was an article you know, about one more guru, one more, you know, and like I said, it's not just about Christianity and these, or the caliphats and the Muslim extremism, but it comes in all shapes and sizes. That's why this targeting It's not just about one. It's about how do you manipulate all of these type of factions to get them to do what you want them to do and ultimately use them as your mouthpieces that will target other people. So it's really a state and corporate agenda. And it filters down to these type of people who can then filter it down to their member base. And then you as the target are blindsided
0: in the beginning. So it's just one more. And like I said, I know people accuse me of being anti-Christian, but I'm really not. I don't
1: care what you believe. I don't give a shit. If you want to worship the devil, knock yourself out. But when you think that it's okay to human sacrifice people, you know, in order to obtain your higher level of whatever it is in the, the satanic world, then you cross the line.
0: I don't care if you have rituals or whatever. You know, just don't cross that line. Or you're harming somebody else. Or trying to dictate
1: to somebody else. And that's what I deal with on a daily basis, is this fanatical belief system that it's okay to interfere
0: with somebody else's human living life. And I don't accept that. I never will.